And this book is the place where the gospel of Christ shines most brightly and most thoroughly in all the Bible, the book of Romans. I'm not as moved today as I once was by the tyranny of the urgent or by the need to respond to every trendy view that blows across the American cultural landscape. I'm well past midlife and my confidence has grown very deep that the way to be lastingly relevant is to take your stand on old, tried, unshakable truths rather than jumping from pragmatic bandwagon to bandwagon trying to do the latest thing to make things happen in the church. So I don't feel any need to do that sort of thing anymore. Romans is solid. Romans is durable. Romans is reliable. Romans is unshakable. Romans is old. Romans is thorough. It fits where I am in my latter chapter. Now, I've got a history with this book, and I want to tell you the history. The reason I venture so much personal stuff this morning is because this book is personal. Paul, there's a lot of Paul in this book. He starts off with himself, maybe. We'll check that out in a minute. Has a lot to say about himself in Romans 7. To be an authoritative apostolic spokesman in the Bible didn't mean you had to not talk about what God was doing in your life. Some people, I just got back from 10 days in England, and uh, there are certain staid churches and certain traditions where, like my hero Jonathan Edwards, you can read 1,200 sermons of Edwards and you don't hear one word about Jonathan Edwards. It's all about God. That That's overdone can go way far the other way, where a preacher's bringing in his marriage and his kids and his ulcers and his cars and his computers all the time, and the congregation will say, a little God, please? Can we have a little God here? <laughs> However, the reason I'm going to tell you my personal history with Romans is because I think it might ignite in some of you a desire to know this book and to be familiar with the God of this book and worship him and love him and enjoy him, obey him, trust him, follow him. I don't remember my conversion. I was six, my daddy tells me. At my mother's knee in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, at a motel on vacation in 1952. All I remember is believing. I've always believed as far as I can remember. I'm sure that's not true since we come into the world bent out of shape by sin. But that whatever God did in my life to make me a believer, he did so early, I don't remember it happening. A lot of you in this room are in that position and you sort of regret it because you don't have any stunning testimonies to tell about how you were saved. However, I learned what happened to me 
from Romans. I'm going to tell you what happened to me. I don't need to remember. I know from the Bible what happened to me. And as I say what happened to me, would those of you in this room right now who wonder if it's happened to you, listen carefully. We prayed downstairs that at this point in the service, not just at the end, but at this moment right now in the next 60 seconds, God would save people. That's how it happens. God breaks through the word. He makes plain the gospel and the need and the glory and the sufficiency. And he does it. There are four things. One. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23.